This is the Limitless Range Podcast. I am your third favorite host, producer Doug. I've got our other hosts on the line, Corey and Pete, both on the phone. Corey, how you doing today? Good, man. Missing being in the podcast studio with you fellas chatting ball, but uh, down here in Dallas, Texas with my family, so I can't complain about that. It's enjoying life and enjoying the vacay. Heck yeah, that sounds good to me. What about you, Pete? What are you doing? Good, man. Good. Just watching some sports, hanging out, you know, the usual. Hey, that's what we do. So, well, I'll get right into it. Uh, We've got a few things that we can talk about this week, and we're going to make it a little quicker since I'm the only one sitting here in the studio. But, of course, Corey, we all wanted to talk to you about what happened to Yusuf Nurkic suffered a pretty gruesome uh, leg injury this past week. He's going to be out for the rest of the season and probably a bunch of next season as well. Uh, Were you watching that game when it happened, Corey? Oh, man. Disgusting. Yeah, I was. It was a double OT game against the Brooklyn Nets the other night, and it just I was up laying in bed because I got the game on my phone, and I was like, man, is this game going to end? And Double OT comes, I'm like, all right, I got to go upstairs. So I started watching on my phone, and I couldn't tell live, you know, exactly what had happened until I saw everyone freaking out, and I was just like, man, that looks pretty serious. And then uh, I had to look up the replay and stuff real quick, and, yeah, man, it's nasty. It, uh, I feel bad for the dude. He's a good man, good basketball player, and great for the organization. It's a, it's a tough loss for us for sure. Yeah, he'd been having a great season, that's for sure. And, of course, you guys already had C.J. McCollum go out with an injury earlier. Uh, I'm sure you'd know more than I on when he's coming back from that and what's going on there. But, yeah, what uh, what is that going to do with their playoff hopes? I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. You know, we're still working out the seeding. But without Nurkic, what do you think that does to this team? Who's going to step in? Uh, what are they going to have to do? Yeah, man, it's a... Uh... Yeah, definitely a big loss, obviously, CJ being out. Um, at least for the next, you know, four or five games, I would assume they would just shut him down, maybe try to bring him back with, you know, one game before the playoffs or something like that, or they might just wait all the way till game one. Um, so it's going to be kind of a little bit interesting to see how he comes back and plays. Um, obviously, losing Nurkic is massive. Um, the addition of Ernest Cancer now becomes a massive thing. Um He's a beast, and uh, without him, we would have been starting, you know, Zach Collins or, or Myers Leonard, which I love Zach, but he's not, you know, he, he can't do what Ennis can, and uh, I feel like Zach's the type of dude that can come off the bench and give you uh, give you some good minutes and really, you know, b- bring the energy that you look for off the bench. But um, the, the the problem is the big problem we're losing now is on, on the defensive side. You know, CJ and Dame are not known as uh, great defensive point guards or defensive guards, sorry, they're obviously, you know, littler guards, they're not lengthy, um, 
And so we've always struggled a little bit there, but Nurkic has kind of helped us with the inside presence, and we've lost that. And uh, as much as Ennis Cantor is a beast on the offensive rebounding end and, and, and just defense re- rebounds in general, and obviously he can score for us, he can set big screens. But really the big thing between him and Nurkic we lost was that that presence in the paint. Um, Ennis Cantor is not really the greatest defender, um, not the greatest shot blocker. And uh, so that's going to be a massive Massive loss for us. Um, I still have high hopes. I think it's going to come down to, you know, seeding a little bit and where we fall. Um, right now, I think we're half game back from, from third with Houston. We were, uh, we were ahead of them, what, last night or a couple nights ago. We lost to Detroit last night and that kind of dropped us down. But if we can grab the three seed and get to play like the Clippers in the first round, um, I think that's a, a matchup that we definitely would still be able to take down even without um, Nurkic. But, uh, yeah, getting in with the big boys, you know, the Rockets will be a tough one. Thunder would be a tough one. Um, and then obviously, you know, with that, hopeful that maybe we can spark some magic against the Warriors, I think, without Nurkic is uh, definitely going to be pretty tough. We're going to see that usage rate that I talked about from Dame Dollar in the last podcast that mm-hmm. I hope to see see what he can do with it. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do in the playoffs. Well, yeah, that counts for a lot. And yeah, I was wondering what you thought, Corey, because you're the super fan, of course, and we all like the Blazers, but a little more outside or objective look. What do you think, Pete? I mean, does this guarantee that uh, they're they're not winning a playoff round, or do you agree with Corey that, I mean, even without Nurkic, depending on the matchup, they could get out of that first round, could beat a couple of those teams? You know, I honestly... It's crazy, man. You can almost, you almost could say like Corey jinxed his team, you know, a little bit, right? <laughs> like with the whole Harden thing. It's like now Lillard getting that, almost that Harden situation, you know, where right. it's like he's gonna have the ball a shit ton, you know, in these next few games, and then maybe in the beginning of the playoffs, if CJ is not back. And I'm just curious, like, what he's going to do with it, man. I mean, I've, I've always liked Lillard, and I'm really curious, is he going to is he gonna perform and, like, kind of just carry them? You know, I was kind of – I was looking – you know, sometimes I try to look at the boxers. I haven't been paying too much attention to it now that I'm out of fantasy playoffs. But I think Lillard – I saw Lillard was shooting pretty poorly, like, the first game without Nurkic. And then I think yesterday he was shooting kind of poorly, too. I think he kind of recovered a little bit. I don't remember how it finished, Corey. You probably know better than me, but but I was just wondering, like, man, I'm I'm really hoping like his efficiency, like his, you know, the way he's playing and stuff wasn't, you know, he wasn't relying a lot on Nurkic, you know, like on the screen game, the screen and roll, you know, because I feel like they're going to need him to be really good and shooting around at least 43, 44 percent for them to go anywhere, you know, if he's shooting 40 percent in the playoffs. I just can't see them winning a series that way, you know, like not, not without Nurkic. And, you know, I guess if CJ maybe goes off and comes back healthy, but for, for them to, for them to win, you know, Lillard's going to have to average like, you know, 25 plus points shooting like 43, 44%, maybe even more than 25. Mm-hmm. So if he could do those things, I I think it, it'd be good. But I honestly think right now it's percentage without Nurkic. I think those three games, I'm guessing it's probably under 40% if I added all the shots together. I, I didn't do that, but I just saw he shot poorly in a couple of those games. So, yeah, yeah. How, how's that going to affect him? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, Pete's uh, definitely spot on. He hasn't, uh, he de- certainly hasn't shot well. Um, he, he shot well. He was effective in the Atlanta game, um, the other night. Um, and then last night, Detroit, um, you know, obviously not to give him a pass or anything. It's a back to back on the road and stuff. So I know that those can definitely shake up some numbers, but Pete, Pete hit it on the, Pete hit the, uh, the nail on the head on the fact that Nurkic screens, man, I've, I've read a lot and I've heard a lot and I've seen a lot, um, of just knowing that the impact that Nurkic has. And the things that he does to open things up for not only Lillard, but for CJ as well. Um, and now, yeah, the pick and roll isn't the same. Um, he's look, he's getting a couple of different coverages than he's used to. You know, they're not having to worry about CJ, but now they're not really having to worry as much about Ennis Canner rolling to the hole as they did with Nurkic. Um, and Ennis Canner set some big screens, but just not quite as solid as Nurkic so that, you know, a lot of people don't really understand that that half second is a big thing in basketball. You know, Lillard a lot of times comes off that screen and hits, shoots really quickly as he turns the corner from like the top of the key. And, uh, just that half second difference of a defender being able to get a hand a little bit closer is, is the difference from like wide open and the difference from like a guy almost about to tip the ball. You know, and that definitely plays a factor. So, yeah, I'm with I'm with Pete. I'm really curious to see what Dame's going to do with it. You know, and I talked to P- Pete about this the other day. Obviously, Dame's on my fantasy team, so I'm like, come on, man, I need you to go for like 50 every night. Um, but the interesting <laughs> thing about Dame is like, he, it's weird. He's kind of like that Kevin Durant, you know. And obviously, Kevin Durant puts up better numbers all the time because he's just much more of an efficient player and shooter. Um, but when Dame's cold. He doesn't throw up 30 plus shots. You're not seeing a 30 point game. Like if Lillard's cold, you'll see like a 14 or a 12 point game or a 15 point game just because he doesn't really shoot as much as some of these superstars like Harden or Westbrook. Um, but he also just like loves to get his teammates like involved. And I don't mean just like driving and kicking. Like I mean like, here, Seth, you go ahead and isolate or like here, Harkless in the corner. I'm, I trust you to go do this or like here, let me feed the ball. If you watch, like, his first quarters, it's really usually, like, he is just, like, letting his team get confidence. And, I don't know, Lillard's, like, a super team guy, and I think that's sometimes where he struggles. Like, coming in this playoffs, like, he needs to separate, hey, I got to get my team involved, but he's also got to, like, be like, hey, I got to be selfish and be a killer. Because if he's not, Pete's right. I mean, I think uh, it definitely could possibly be another first-round exit, but... I don't know. I think if we get matched up with the Clippers, especially, I don't know, that team doesn't really scare me. So maybe I'm going to jinx us again, but I don't, I don't think that team, even <laughs> with just Dane, I, I just don't think that team should be able to beat us. But hey, I didn't think it, I didn't think New Orleans should beat us last year either. And we got smoke. So you never right. know. Well, Corey, then, uh, putting you on the spot right off the top of your head, even with this Nurkic injury giving kind of an out or an excuse or an asterisk, do you think if they get smoked in the first round again, who's going to go? Do you think they fire the coach or they break up the backcourt? What are they going to do? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, yeah, no, definitely I don't see uh, I don't see Terry. I don't see Terry's thoughts going anywhere. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I, I could definitely see a CJ type of move. Um, it's probably like what I would personally be rooting for as a massive fan. Um, it's obviously going to be tough because we don't know what's, what it's going to look like with Nurkic coming back, um, how long it's going to take and things like that. So next year could even be a little bit iffy. Um, 
Honestly, it comes down to, and I, I know everybody kind of hates on Portland for, like, not going after superstars and stuff. But to me, you know, all belief in, in Dame and, and what Dame wants. Because even though from a fan's point of view, trading CJ for, let's say, a guy like Anthony Davis or we get a guy like that in the building and it would be nice, it, it, if it's going to upset Damian Lillard, like, let's not do it. Like, I'm cool riding and mm. dying with Dame Dalla, you know, and I don't want to see – if they trade CJ and Dane's like, what, man? Like, you guys aren't loyal? Man, all right, whatever. Like, I, that could be me next. And maybe Dane will start to flip that in his head. Like, well, man, I mean, this organization ain't that loyal. You know, I've really wanted to be loyal. But at the same time, like, that could be my net cut at any second. And if he starts feeling that way, you know, especially with the ownership up in the air, like, to me, I'm like, if Dame wants to trade CJ and he thinks it's an okay idea, do it. If Dame wants to ride or die with the team we got, let's let's keep doing it. So, I mean, that's I a good outlook. Not make a playoff. Yeah. So. I'm, let me. I like. Ahead, I like. Please. I kind of like what, what what you're saying too, man. Like, they got to go with what Dame wants. And um, I, I also think people there's going to be a lot of passes. You know, like you could look at the Nurk because I mean, how can you really judge the coach losing Nurkic this close to the playoffs? You know, it's going to be really hard to the judge, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they lose in seven in the first round, it's like, well, shit, if they had Nurkic, they probably would have won that series. And who knows how far they would have went, you know? I mean, I know injuries yeah, happen, point. but he's a huge piece. I mean, he's averaging, like, you know, double-digit points, you know, freaking double-digit rebounds, blocks, steals, the defensive presence, the hard screens, like you were saying. Like, all that stuff's huge, and I, I can't... It'd be hard for me as an owner to be like, man, how'd you not win, man? You lost... I mean, I think he's the second most important player behind Dame, in my opinion. So, I mean, I think yep. he's more important than CJ. So, I mean, Agreed. You lose your second most important player, and you go, like, how'd you not? Like, I mean, go, imagine going to any franchise right now and being like, yo, Rockets, why didn't you win, man? Chris Paul was out? Like, or, you know, <laughs> how come the Warriors didn't uh, run through everybody with Steph? Or, I mean, even the Warriors would be harder for them to, you know, get go win if Steph was out, you know? So, any... Any franchises that lose their second best player, it's really hard to envision them like playing to the full level that they were that we kind of all were hoping to see, you know. Well, I really like that low key making sure everyone knows that Steph Curry is the second most important player on the on the Warriors beat. <laughs> but uh, I love it. So well, that, <laughs> so uh, moving on, uh, right? No, I, I agree. Uh, moving on to. Uh, more news coming here at the very end of the season, kind of speaking of these final games going to the playoffs. You know, as of this recording, Lakers only have six games left, I think, this season, five or six games. And they announced that LeBron James is going to be shut down for the remainder of the season. And, of course, uh, we all want to know what you what you think of that. <laughs> we were all kind of predicting it or trying to see when it would happen, uh, how they were going to do this. But... Uh, but Pete, what do you think this says about about LeBron or just about these superstars in general? I mean, there's a few games left; they're out of the playoffs. But I mean, they they say uh, I mean to prevent further injury or some BS like that. What what do you think about this, Pete? I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're gonna hear about it. Now, I think LeBron probably has to take it to the Bahamas and was like. Yeah, man, I would go a little bit earlier. Like, you don't care, bro. I think it's all just—it's a joke. I mean, the whole—the whole issue with uh, 
the doctor posting, you know, about his six month injury. You guys remember that, right? We talked about we talked about that amongst each other. I just feel well, like, what happened? What happened, Pete? Explain to the to the listeners what's going on there. Well, well, like okay, basically, like whatever physician that worked on him, she basically said that oh, LeBron's injury was. You know, any player would have, it would have been six months, but he just loved the Lakers so much, and he was trying so hard to be there for his team, trying to through it. Oh, he's so precious. And, and then, you know, my boy, Big, you know, Jeezy, one of our, you know, basically part of the show with us, he basically said that. You know, he made a good point. I was at work with him, and he basically was like, "Dude, um, you know that like." can't just release that without LeBron's permission and that's so true that you can't you can't release information about your patient like that without their consent so LeBron right. had to have given her an okay confidentiality yeah yeah or she'd be fired she'd be held liable that's a big deal she would lose a lot of clients or I mean she's probably gaining them with you know the LeBron exposure but the point I'm trying to make <laughs> is that she you know it's against the law for her to do that so for her to do that, that means LeBron, in my opinion, LeBron went to her, which is exactly what Dan was saying, and basically said, hey, you should do this. And she did it. It was a win-win for both of them. It's like LeBron probably told her, like, this is going to make me look good, and then everybody will know that you're representing me, which will get you a lot more clients. That's how I look at it. Yeah, what was... What what was that? Was that last year's finals or the year before when suddenly, of course, right when the finals were over, LeBron had a cast or something like that? He's in a sling. Where it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I was injured. What? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, what he said is he broke his hand. Yeah, that's right. That he only had it. He had a bruise. Basically, he had a bruised hand. So, like, I mean, come on, man. A broken hand? Like, it's such a different context. He, this guy loves to make excuses, bro. And this whole, you know, he, he's playing, but he's not playing. And then he's, you know, now they're holding him out. When they should have shut him down on... As soon as they knew they were out of playoff contention, he should have been shut down. But of course, you know, this guy wants to stat cat a little bit more, trying to chase, chase Kareem, you know. So, I mean, like, I, it just makes no sense, man. It's just all the LeBron show. I can't stand watching it. He's a hypocrite, you know, and, and he'll do anything to make himself look better. And I, I'm going to say it like it is, man. That's the truth. What do you think, Corey? Uh, so is he stat padding, or is he just preparing for Space Jam 2? What, what do you think's going on here? <laughs> I think the dude's just a joke in general, to be honest. Pete hit I mean, preach, brother. Pete hit it, you know, exactly again. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why all of a sudden now. I don't really know what goes on in this guy's head. I'm sure he came up with some elaborate plan that this will make him look even better, and I don't know what it is. I I don't know. I don't get his thinking, to be honest. Um, and I thought it was pretty ironic. I saw on Instagram um, because I follow him just so I can hate on him, you know, just like the rest of us do. Um, well, hate follow. But, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of us out there. But uh, he posted a picture of him dunking against the uh, against Charlotte, and he posted some, like, up, up, and away, some, like, uh, super washed, ain't he? Like, he was talking in third person, and then he's just like basically saying like you know you guys stay low and keep firing like he's on top of the world kind of thing as pete shared all the time how he always you know he's up here and we're all down here kind of thing and i just i thought it was kind of ironic that he's like making fun of people who say he's washed up and then the next the same day he, he's getting shut down for the rest of the year <laughs> right like bro we ain't wrong 
<laughs> like, why you hate? <laughs> what do you mean, bro? You're making fun of us when you're like, clearly you're a little washed up, dude. You can't even finish the season. And, and man, just like Pete said, I don't know, man. Like, just take your L's, dude. Like, I'm cool with you wanting praise when you're winning and being cocky and it is what it is. But, like, I feel like one of the things that, you know, I just didn't see from Kobe, especially, and, and MJ and those things is like, you know, yeah, those are some cocky-ass dudes, too. And they wanted the praise when they won. But, like, when they lost, I just felt like there wasn't all this, like, drama that, like, tried to steer us away from their losses. Like, just take an L, man. Like, you, your season sucked. We don't need to hear all your excuses, all your doctor visits, whatever you got going on in your life. I Like, I don't need all that. Just be like, you know, we got our damn ass kicked this year. We'll come back next year. And that's it. And I just feel like this dude is just a constant, like, media stirring, getting us away from the real point of, you know, he basically is just, he is washed up. I don't give a shit what his Instagram says. So I think at the end of the day, I think Pete's probably right. You know, he got to the point where he was just like, you know, I don't even feel like playing anymore. I got enough stats for the year. I added it up. I can still get number one in points by the end of my career. I think I can go ahead and take these last games off and... I'll be fine. I think that's probably what it came down to. And finally, Magic was like, okay, good. You know, we wanted you to shut down, like Pete said, at the, (laughs) you know, right when we didn't make the playoffs. But now you're finally ready. Our liability is is ready to sit down. We're good with it. And uh, I think that's what it came down to. So good luck in Space Jam 2. That's about the... uh, the only thing you're going to be, uh, it's probably not even going to be Bro. good anyways, but uh, the only thing he's going to be, I, I feel like <laughs> at this point, man, the only thing we can look forward to with that dude, he ain't going nowhere. Well, bro, a couple, let me play, but before you dive in, I'm, I'm with you. First off, on Space Jam, who the hell wants to see a movie where the basketball savior of the world is like the 12th best player in the world? Like, Jordan <laughs> he was the best player in the world. Seriously, that's what made the movie cool. And all those other stars that, that played on the other team or whatever, Charles Barkley and all them, they were cool with it because they knew Jordan was the best. But how the hell is LeBron right. going to beat Steph, you know, KD, freaking Greek Freak, Joel Embiid, like a team of that? How the hell is LeBron going to beat him when he's worse than all them now? Movie makes no sense That's now, a great You know what point. I mean? He, he should have played So, I mean, bunker, I, I don't right. understand the concept of that. And then, you know... You, you said LeBron posted a picture of him dunking. No one questioning questions his damn dunking. Why? Why can <laughs> idiot is posting a picture of himself dunking? It's like, bro, we all know you can dunk. You checking Kevin Durant because that's what you're missing. We don't see you playing defense anymore. Show us a picture of that. Show us a picture of you checking somebody, getting up in their grill, <laughs> and fucking playing some defense. That's the issue we have, bro. Like, we know you can dunk still. Well, as a uh, as a not a LeBron hater like you guys, but as a Lakers fan, I agree with that. (laughs) That's for sure. See some defense out there, man. Well, what gets me even besides the sideshow of, I mean, uh, it being LeBron and his doctor stuff, just this generally accepted thing that that they're, these superstars will just be shut down like that. I mean, my phone's been going off all week with Twitter notifications about guys being shut down, no one as big as LeBron. But, I mean, you know, Corey, like if it was Dame and you guys were, ah, well, we're mathematically out of the playoffs now, there's only 10 games left, you know, just shut them down. I mean, would you be upset by that? Or, I mean, a lot of people, they're 
some fans nowadays they say they're smarter they're they're protecting their investment and whatnot but it would just kind of it gets to me i don't like it 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 makes sure that everyone knows these guys don't think the regular season matters at all unless you're going to make the playoffs i mean what do you think Corey? Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's an interesting take. If it was, you know, Portland and Dame, I mean, I've said it a bunch, so, you know, I, I stand by it. I keep preaching it. You know, I want these dudes just to continue playing ball. I know it's a risky thing, but at the same time, I mean, it, it's always a risk, and you just never know. And I feel like the more we play, like, cautiously and the more we just keep going down that route, it's like, you know, it's just going to keep getting worse. And so, to me... I'm with you, man. I feel like, you know, it's still about going out and, and hooping for the fans and hooping for your team and showing them that, you know, to, to me that, you, that you're not any better than they are, you know, and that's why I've always liked guys like Damian Lillard and, and Kevin Durant and dudes like that is I feel like, you know, they're, they're getting, they might get a rest day from their organization and stuff, but I just don't see these dudes doing something like this. Like, I just wouldn't picture them doing it, you know, and the same thing, it, it looks like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns and whatnot. Um, it, it seems like dudes like that care about their teammates to the point where, you're not any better like I feel like by doing that LeBron looks like it's like okay well my career means more than any of your guys's I know you guys are kind yeah. of still playing for your family and stuff but like honestly bro your three million dollar contract you're you're pretty much playing for like working at Mickey D's next year so just keep get, go out there and keep playing for the Lakers and I'll be back next season like so where where does it stop just because he's the biggest pay the payroll is that what it is whoever's at the top you just get to go ahead and you know take days off when things don't go well and the rest of the dudes get, have to keep grinding for the rest of the season i mean none of those guys want to play i mean let's be honest they're they're freaking getting laughed at it, it's drama down there lebron stirs the media they're already out of the playoffs i mean i bet both of them want to be in the bahamas like pete said I mean, I'm sure all of them are like, man, I wish the season just ended right now. Like, I'm kind of done yeah. with this season. We can't make the playoffs. So why is it that LeBron gets a free ride the rest of the year? Like, he gets to just chill and do whatever he wants, eat whatever he wants, drink wine on Wednesdays because he doesn't have to play Thursday. Like, why? Why does he get that special treatment? This is coming from the guy who's down there at Dallas on vacation right now. What are you talking about, Corey? <laughs> and I'm still calling into the show, still participating. Right. Yeah, true. Right? True. Yeah, I could have been like, hey, let's just shut this down for the next couple weeks. You know, <laughs> the end of the year, oh, I'm kind of, you know, I'm tired. But then I would have posted a picture on Instagram of me with the mic and been like, yo, guys, I'm still legit. <laughs> like, no, bro. Exactly. Not, we yeah. What's that? I'm wondering, too, like, what LeBron's going to do, bro. Like, like, is he even going to finish? Like, is, I bet you he's not going to be in the damn stadium, bro. He's going to be in the Bahamas. You know, like I'm just wondering. I better see his ass sitting in the, you know, in the bench with his suit, his gator suit, and his gator luggage, and gator shoes or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure. He, I'm sure he will. Be I mean, if he's not there, bro, that's a big move. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's only a few games left. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That'd be a well calculated move. Well, yeah, just you know, Greek. Okay, like. I, I, I find it funny, like, how LeBron, like, he was almost, I feel like he was even choosing what games he wanted to sit out. Like, when guys sit out, they sit out games. Like, it's like, okay, back-to-back, that makes sense, whatever. Like, tell me why LeBron playing Charlotte, played all these bummy-ass teams he could still drop stats on, but when he's got the Greek freak coming to town, the number one defense, he's taking a night off. 
find that a little <laughs> ironic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, that's a great that kind point. of funny? That's like, a great you know, point. And then people to be like, oh, the new LeBron, the, you know, this guy's better than him. Look at him key LeBron up. And I'm sure Greek Greek sat out of that game with an ankle injury and was going to play as LeBron played, meaning he was excited to check that pool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he wanted to play against LeBron. He wanted to guard him. And he probably would have shut him down. So, I mean, like, it's kind of funny to me, man. Like, this guy has so much power, bro. He can pick and choose what games he wants to play. He could, And it, he's a master manipulator, bro. Like, he manipulates us with the media. He's got this doctor posting that thing to manipulate his LeBron sexuals into thinking that, oh my God, he's so tough. Look at him. He plays through a broken head. He plays through a, a groin injury that should have cost him six months. Like, dude, okay, I'm going to tell you something right now, bro. And this is straight fact, okay? 100%. Everybody that has played sports here will agree with me. If you fucking have an injury that's going to cost you six months, right? And you're playing through it, dude, for your team. You're fucking grinding through the pain. It's so painful, bro. It's a six-month injury. You're playing through it. I promise you, the second they say you're done in the playoffs, you're you're done. You're done. You're yeah. falling to the locker room and saying, I gave it my best, man. We got no shot, but I got to shut it down, man. This six-month groin injury was too much. I fought through it, made it worse, and I still played for my team. And it's, LeBron's not even the type of player that would ever do something like that, okay? That's first off. But let's just say he did do that. As soon as the playoff, as soon as you're out of the fucking playoffs, you're done, dude. I promise you. Anyone with a six-month injury would agree with me. You ain't gonna be like, I think I'm still gonna play. I like playing basketball. You know, for the fans. You ain't gonna say none of that shit, bro. You're gonna say, I gave him my best shot, man, and you're gonna walk off. And everyone's gonna respect that and believe that you had a six-month injury. But see this whole little bullshit, bro, of you trying to play shitty teams and still trying to get your stats? Tell me you didn't have no motherfucking six-month injury. And I know that as an athlete. And any athlete that listens to this podcast or ever fucking played a sport, 100% would agree with me. That's fact. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you want, if it's true and you want chance, a chance of taking that team back into playoff contention next year. You know, you want to be at your best. And you know that everyone would understand that. I hear that, Pete. Damn, PD Mike drop. Cute man, cue the brand. Oh, it's been playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm almost kinda glad you aren't in front of this microphone right now. Jeez. Woof. Well, we'll uh we'll take a quick break after that. Get Pete some rest and we'll be right back. Talk about Zion. If you're looking for a great deal on authentic NBA jerseys and apparel, you've got to use the NBA Store. Limitless Range has partnered with the NBA Store to get you big discounts on real NBA gear, including up to 60% off all clearance items when you visit LimitlessRangePodcast.com slash store. Don't search the internet all day for cheap knockoffs or used jerseys. Get real, authentic apparel at really great prices. And support Limitless Range while you're doing it. Visit LimitlessRangePodcast.com slash store today and get everything you need to rep your favorite team. LimitlessRangePodcast.com slash store. Okay, so let's get back to it. 
Now, I had put a poll out on Twitter. I'm sure you guys want to talk uh, some about Zion. I mean, we've got March Madness going on. As of this recording, Duke's going to be playing in a couple hours. So we'll see what happens after this recording, see if they move on into the final four. But, you know, at this point, there's only two number one seeds left. Duke's one of them. We put a poll out on Twitter about Zion, you guys. And I said, outside of the Knicks, what, which one of these top five lottery teams would you like to see uh, get Zion? Where do you want to see Zion play? And that'd be out of Phoenix, Cleveland, Chicago, or Atlanta. And, you know, actually, the winner of the poll was Atlanta, big time. They really uh, ran away with it, and people were commenting, uh, and we appreciate all the feedback. You know, seeing Zion with John Collins, Trey Young, Kevin Herter could be a pretty pretty decent team, especially in the East. I know that uh, at one point we had talked about Zion and Phoenix, um, and I think that would be a pretty sweet team. But w- what do you guys think? Uh, uh, Pete, What out of those four, Phoenix, Cleveland, Chicago, Atlanta, where would you like to see Zion the most if you had to pick? Uh, you know, Atlanta does make a lot of sense. Because, but the main reason is because out of all those teams, Atlanta is the only team that has a, a point guard that can get you 10, 11 assists. You know, someone that could really complement Zion's game with the pick and roll, especially since, you know, his range is limitless. And, you know, Trey Young's obviously showing that he can shoot from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just feel like that, that that combination, if you ask me for a, a pairing, I like those two the best, like in terms of stars. Now, if you ask me for a full team, I think that, honestly, I think Chicago would be interesting because mm-hmm. you got you got Chris Dunn at point. He's not a high-volume shooter. Okay, so that means more shots for Zion. You got um, Zach Levine at the two. Now, he, he would be your pick-and-roll guy. He can – he can kind of do what Trey Young is doing. Doesn't shoot as deep, but is a very good three-point shooter and a finisher at the rim. They can run some pick and roll, some pick and you know pick and pop. Zion can work on his top game, and that would be fun to watch. And then you have Laurie Markkinen pulling out the center because he's a stretch. You know, you could put him at the four or the five. He'll be pulling out one of the bigs, which would allow space for Zion to operate. See, the problem with with uh, with Atlanta. I don't really see, you know, Collins isn't really a shooter. So if you have them both in at the same time, that's going to that's gonna clog the paint. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So, like, if Zion wants to pick and roll, the guy guarding Collins is going to be sagging in the paint to help. But if that guy's guarding Laurie Markkinen, that's a different story, right? So more space for Zion to operate, which would be fun to watch. I kind of I kind of would like to see Chicago. It's a big, it's a big market, you know? So he'd get, he'd get a lot of coverage, you know, even though, even though market's, don't really matter with today's social media as much as it did in the past. Um, I think that'd be a cool spot for him to go and uh, build with those young guys. And he, I, I think he would instantly be the face of the franchise. There'd be no question. Like if he went to Phoenix or if he went to um, Atlanta, you still wouldn't know. You'd be like, this Trey Young's team or Zion's team. If you, you know, if he went to Phoenix, it'd be like, you know, would Devin Booker stun his growth? You know what I mean? And you, on paper, you'd be like, wow. Zion, Booker, Aiton, that's awesome. You know, another thing, too, is Aiton doesn't really shoot. So yeah, I don't really like that combination because now, you know, Aiton and Zion both not shooters. I think the best facing 
and, and the best total package as a team he would get is in Chicago. For him, it would help him flourish the most. The best player to play with would be Trey Young. I won't argue that. So I can understand why the Atlanta, why Atlanta got so many votes because people are just envisioning, wow, Trey Young and Zion, that'd be amazing, you know? So. That's yeah, that's like a, where I'm standing with it. That's a great point. I mean, I didn't even think about that with Chicago, Zion and Markinen. That would be pretty great, great pairing out there on the court. Well, what do you think, Corey? I mean, is anyone going to stand up for Cleveland here, or are you thinking the same thing? Yeah, no, definitely not. I definitely wouldn't want to see him go to Cleveland. Um, at LeBron just ruined that whole city, actually the whole damn state of uh, Ohio for me. So um, <laughs> I hope he, doesn't, hope he doesn't end up there. Um, you know, and just to touch on a little bit with March Madness, I'm really interested to see, you know, what Duke does. They've had, you know, obviously some close games. Um, and it's interesting to see – you know, that they're, you know, a couple shots here, one shot here away from uh, getting eliminated. And, man, that team to me, and I know it, it comes down to chemistry and, and whatnot, but, like, when you really sit down and think about the dudes that that team has and you're like, okay, they got guaranteed number one on the team. They got most likely at least – he's definitely going two or three. Both, you know, we last week we talked about it. We have him at three. But R.J. Barrett. Who could possibly go to? And then you even have Cam Reddish, who's talked about as a potential top five, probably like maybe six or seven at the lowest. When have we? When do we see a team with this caliber of players? Usually, how often do you get a team that has two like top three or top five players on the same college team? Let alone your third piece being a top ten player. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, so, they look like the Fab Five. It's crazy. It's unbelievable, man. I feel like this team should not lose, dude. Like, oh, man. I mean, obviously, there's some other stuff, the way they're built and different things. But, man, I I would be shocked if they if they ended up losing. I feel like they shouldn't. But, uh, I mean, I keep getting surprised because it keeps seeming like they're, you know, getting closer and closer to that. Um, but to touch on with the question, man, uh, Pete, you made some great points, dude. Um, I think um, Atlanta – you know, with Trey Young and obviously that pick and roll game and the limitless range, you know, shooting from Trey Young and, and just what Trey's been doing lately, he's really, you know, pushed himself in a conversation at least with Luca for uh, rookie of the year and um, just really doing some things that I, I was surprised about. I mean, the dude's ugly as hell, but uh, he can shoot, man, and uh, <laughs> I think that would be a that would be a super fun spot. Um, but I think the the cool part that I didn't even think of, and uh, Pete, you uh, you said it, dude, is is the fact that with that team and with Phoenix, um, and even if he ends up going to New York, right, and uh, he probably would join some superstars out there. Chicago is like the one team. I'm not. I guess Cleveland as well. But uh, the team that you're right, he would be the dude. And in those other cities, it, it wouldn't be his team. And I feel like it would be kind of it would be kind of weird to see a dude like Zion with this polarizing personality coming out of, you know, basically this dude that, like, I mean, he's, I feel like the last guy since LeBron that's kind of come out where we're just like, holy crap, what is this guy going to do? And it'd be really weird to see, you know, him come into a city where it's like, eh, he isn't, he isn't the dude yet. So you're right, man. I think it would be kind of cool to see him in Chicago. Um, at first I was kind of agreeing with the, the you know, our Twitter um, pull there and going kind of with Atlanta, but uh, I think Pete kind of convinced me into thinking Chicago a little bit because I like that. And uh, just of what Pete said, you know, they also have Otto Porter up there. 
um, who's another dude that can stretch the floor, that 3 and D type of dude that you like. Um, and with Laurie and, and, and Zach, and, and I, I like Chris Dunn as a point guard. I mean, Pete, me and Pete both talked about him early this year. Uh, Pete drafted him, and I was like, ah, man, I kind of wanted him. Um, we talked about even trading him in fantasy all year. So I've always been a, a Chris Dunn kind of fan, um, maybe more than, than some people are. So, yeah, I think that would be a, a great spot. I'm just uh, curious to see where he lands, man. I still – I still have hopes that it, I, I still hope it's New York with some stars and see what they can fly in, in the NYC, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and uh, the only the other team that's right outside that top five that we had a few commenters in our replies saying, "Hey, but Mavs are still tanking away, trying to get into that top five as well," uh, and I think that could be a, a, a fun team too. Uh, to be on the Mavericks could be Pete. What do you think that fit would be? Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, on the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, we got Chris Stapps, Doncic, man. I, I, it'd be nasty. I mean, it'd be similar to Chicago, except I like Doncic, Luca way better than um, any of the players. That, and and obviously another thing, Zion wouldn't be the face on that team. It'd be Luca. You know, he's kind of established himself as the face of the franchise, and you know what he's already done. So, but I mean, the pick and roll game would be sick with Porzingis facing it, pulling the center out. God. But I mean, is there's an issue there too because uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Porzingis is being accused of rape. Yeah, so, I saw that. Might not be playing basketball. So I mean, if you tell me Porzingis isn't on the team, I don't like it as much, you know. But <laughs> so. Well, I thought Kobe wasn't Kobe allowed to do right. This is 2019, yeah, Corey. <laughs> Come on, Kobe rape yeah, jokes. Doug <laughs> doesn't want to hear this about his idol. I've heard it enough. <laughs> I'm I knew it, Dougie. I just had to throw it in there for you. I'm not in the studio, so we can't talk crap to you as much. I had to throw something in there. Oh, I know. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. What do, what do you think, Corey? O- outside of rape allegations, I mean, the Mavs are are kind of kind of out there they would still have a uh, they would still have a chance of getting him but i'm sure as we all know with probably a uh 2% chance of the number 1 pick it'll probably go to the lakers right <clears throat> and we'll just stop that conversation there but oh, right. <laughs> well let's see how it plays out i wonder if uh next week if we're talking about duke trying to get into the championship or if we're talking about how that uh that you know non-team chemistry dynamic really didn't didn't get him into the final four we'll we'll have to see i'm sure when people are listening they're they're gonna know already yeah Yeah, absolutely just to touch on with the you know the dallas thing too you know obviously we don't know exactly what's going on with this porzingis situation um the severity of it but uh just the combination of those two if they were able to play i mean think about the defensive side with those two man that would be nasty zion and porzingis Freaking! Oh man, like the help the help defense with those two would be unbelievable, right? Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. One more thing to um, point out: I was gonna say just just I want Zion to go to the East. You know, that's another thing because like you know it'd be cool to see him on Phoenix and Dallas, but it's like at the same time it's like the West is already a gauntlet. Let's not add another gauntlet powerhouse to the freaking West. When he could go to the yeah, East hey, and turn Chicago into a gauntlet, be so much cooler, you know, or Atlanta, like our, our or help New York become relevant. Like I'd much rather see that. I'm really praying for an East team, 
I just think it makes the most sense. It would make an East team relevant, which we all want parity, right? We want more competition. So it'd be awesome to just add an East team and then making them relevant in the playoff contention. You know, I mean, we could realistically argue that if Zion goes to Dallas or goes to Phoenix, there's a chance they might not even make the playoffs in the West, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, you look at the, the teams that are that are out, you know, in uh, Sacramento, Minnesota, the Lakers, you know, and then uh, and then on top of that, improving it, one of those other teams, Dallas, Phoenix, stuff like that. It would just be even more stacked than before. That that that's a really good point. That wraps it up. Corey's got vacationing to do, huh? Yeah, my wife keeps <laughs> opening the door like, "Hey, are you almost done?" And I'm in here trying to rant about uh, LeBron and, and Dame and everything. So I better I better get going before I get my ass beat. But I had to get in this with you guys, man. Unlike LeBron, I try not to take any days off. So yeah, good shit, man. Way to make it make it out there. It was actually, man. I feel like we actually had fun and actually got into it a lot better than I thought we would on the phone. Yeah, me too, man. Pete, good rant, dude. Hell yeah, that was that was sweet. Oh, thanks, bro. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, have fun in Dallas. Well, you you did... gonna catch the game up there? He didn't even ask you that. Oh, dude, I was, I was thinking about it, man. I was thinking about going uh, tomorrow night, possibility, but I don't know if it'll happen. I I would love to see Dirk, man, and they're playing Philly. It'd be cool. I, oh, oh dude, no, that's freaking... sick. It would be sick, although he's on like load management for the next nine years, so if he's not playing. That really kind of shut me down a little bit. Wow. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, but uh, that, that would be a another reason why players sitting down all the time kills fans from getting to go watch them play and do all these awesome things is like, I mean, obviously they can't do it everything for just me, but I'm down here to be like, oh, cool to see him be, but it's like, nah, load management. So, but I think the big, honestly, the biggest draw to right. me would be to see Dirk. I've never seen Dirk live, and it's the last year. That would just be dope in itself. But also Ben Simmons and, and Tobias and you know JJ and things would be cool too. Well. Uh, as always, man, appreciate it, Doug. Good job hosting up there, man. Appreciate you putting in the work to do that. All right. Well, I'll see you guys next week. Yep. All right. Peace. Rip City. All right. And, of course, you can always get a hold of Limitless Range at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at one Limitless Range, or go to our website, LimitlessRangePodcast.com. <laughs>